You're listening to Mike and Kristen. The podcast. I'm Mike, a musician, writer, and producer. And I'm Kristen, a painter, writer, and designer. Our show is all about following dreams, taking chances, and what life as an artist is really about. Together, we bring you weekly guest interviews and thought-provoking conversations. Let's go! Hello, all you wonderful and beautiful people out there in podcast land. What is happening? This is Mike and Kristen, and we are here to bring you another amazing guest and stories and music and laughter and joy and maybe tears in the good way. And high energy. High energy. Happy Wednesday morning. Happy Wednesday or whatever day you happen to be listening to yes, this Yes, it could on. be Saturday night and you're bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. A lot of people, Saturday night... Two in the morning are listening to our podcast. They might be. You never know. You never know what people are up to. You you go to the bar, you come back home, (laughs) you throw on an episode of Mike and Kristen. I have to say there's a better chance of us listening to a podcast at 2 a.m. on a Saturday night than coming home from a bar. Yeah. Unless you're playing at that bar. Yeah, yeah, we're not we're not hitting the bar scene too hard these we, days. <laughs> we're hitting the art gallery though tomorrow night for a sold out show. Sold out show with me performing. Uh, it's gonna be super fun. I'm really looking forward to it. Just as an intimate environment, I really like being able to engage with the audience in that way. 50 people who are excited to be there, who just you know engage. In the, the way you want an audience to engage with you. And we also have Crab Apple Cookery coming back with their delicious food to yeah, sell at this event. Did you know over. that every event at Togetherland since I opened has sold out? Ah. That's pretty cool, eh? Yeah. I have a fluid art workshop scheduled on September 30th that there are still are a few spots available. But you gotta I'm, sell I'm it gunning out. for my track record here. Yeah. It's uh, and then Galactic Pie, my next art show is October seventh. Yeah, and, and you're in Truro this weekend too. Truro playing at the Marigold Center, yeah, on Friday. Yeah, is that right? Yeah, cool. And we're just hoping the hurricane doesn't come. Yeah, it feels like all summer's been hurricane season. It's been <laughs> rain season. Yeah, it's been a rainy one, soggy, but we're getting lots done. Getting lots done, and we got to. Uh, Chat with our guest, Dee Dee Morris, on a not rainy day. Yeah, I wonder how this impacts the photography industry. All the rain, because there would be a lot of, well, because she does a lot of family portraits and branding, uh, I guess weddings, not so much, but that might be more impacted by weather. I think, like any good creative person, they figure out a way to adapt. Yeah, she totally would. She's such a pro. I really found about Dee Dee, and we've talked about this with other guests, but she knows herself so well. She's so rooted and grounded in her values and what she represents, who she is as a creative person, that it's reflective in the pristine quality of her work. Yeah, her her shots, you look at her Instagram or Facebook, and they're just... There's so much happening in one shot. It might just seem like a simple image capturing a moment, but she put so much time and energy into getting to know the person and just captures the essence of that in such a beautiful way. I would describe her work as elevated. 
And I, mm. I asked her the question about, you know, how do you feel about people walking around with a, everybody has a camera now in their back pocket? And she was kind of like, who cares? And yeah. I loved that because it really got me thinking about our work as well. Like there's lots of rock musicians in the world. There's lots of painters. There's lots of abstract painters even in the world. But how are you going to set yourself apart was kind of how I interpreted that response. Like, I don't care how much competition I have. I don't even see it that way. Like, I'm here in my lane doing my thing and doing it at an exceptional level. Yeah, and years of hard work and talent and the ability she's gained along the way. Like, yeah, a, a person with a phone isn't going to scare her out of her. Totally. What she's able to do because she's she's one of the best, right? And has thought about other things she wants to incorporate into her lifestyle, which despite all of the challenges that come with entrepreneurship, and we always want to be honest about that, she has really embraced the freedom that this lifestyle can offer too, be it through travel that she does with her retreats or shaping her life around caring for her family, being there for her twins. And yeah. it's, uh, yeah, she was just, a, I thought, a great example of looking at this lifestyle as an opportunity and she's super cool too she's very cool yeah yeah it's a good good quality to have <laughs> most importantly yeah. we have a new cool friend <laughs> <laughs> well let's jump into this conversation with the super cool gal dd morris thanks for tuning in folks and yeah hope you enjoy this chat you know we did So the idea, I think, with them as well is like, we'll talk for a while so that people are yeah. a bit more calm once we actually start interviewing. But the yeah. second you see the light on the camera light up, I just free, <laughs> like my mouth gets right dry <laughs> and I don't know how to regulate that. Like, it's one thing to tell yourself I'm not nervous and I'm fine, yeah. but it's the things that your body does that yeah. you can't control. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That comes in handy when you're a singer. You know? I bet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet it does. I've I've worked past it now. Like I've been doing it so long. When I when I first started, like, is it's easy to like belt out notes. Like in any situation, if you're nervous, you can always just kind of yell a note. But if you're doing like tender things where you have to do falsetto and mm. really have the delicate parts of a note, like, right? And you're you're just super nervous and tight. <laughs> it's it's a challenge for sure. But I bet because don't you have to like loosen your diaphragm? To sing, like, I don't that's know, what a I don't vocal coach would tell you. You're right. But, I don't uh, know anything about music. So. That sounded really accurate, though. Okay, I'm impressed. Cool. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't consciously think of that, okay. but I, I think uh, I think I probably do in my own way, I guess. Yeah, it's probably muscle memory at this point. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. you're probably used to having people nervous in front of oh my you God. as well. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, what would be your direction or advice for? So um, I'm really awkward when I take people's photos. This is something other people would probably disagree with, but I feel really awkward. Mm. And I think it's my awkwardness that actually just puts people at ease. Because yeah. I just like kind of giggle and, and laugh at their awkwardness and at their nervousness. And I think they're just like, oh, she's just as weird and awkward as me. We're so the same. Cool. <laughs> yeah, she <laughs> gets it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. 
nervous. It's usually the guys who are more nervous than the females, although they'll tell you that they are. They'll tell you all the things that they don't want photographed and like that mm. they don't like about themselves. But the guys are stiff. The yeah. guys are like, I don't know what to do right now. And I'm just so I just engage them in conversation. So is that are they nervous about how they look? No, I think they're just like. I think it's an expectation thing. Like, they don't know what I expect from them. Like, am I, I think it maybe is like, maybe it's just a normal thing to be in front of a camera. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm nervous in front of a camera. I hate having my photos taken. I get immediately awkward and start doing funny faces and, you know, (laughs) act like my (laughs) seven-year-olds. So, I don't know. Like, for men, I think it's like, they just they just don't want to be there a lot of times because it's an awkward thing and they don't feel like i don't know honestly i don't know why is it but, partially maybe capturing this intimate moment and they have to kind of let their their walls down maybe yes. maybe they're not used to being vulnerable like yeah, that yeah i think so and also like i kind of have a reputation now of making people be vulnerable so (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if you can make somebody be that way but I encourage it in my sessions so I think maybe sometimes people come with like what is she gonna make me do kind of thing Mm -hmm. and yeah but that's just all your personality too yeah like if you did come in rigid like you stand there you do this like yeah it's it's a completely different feel Yes. And I think like at the end of family sessions, it's usually the men who are like, wow, that was way more fun than I anticipated. Yeah. And it's because they come in anticipating me going like, okay, do this, do that. And I'm usually like, just go play with your kids. Ignore me and go play with your kids and have fun. So then at the end of the session, it's like they got to act naturally. They got to be themselves rather than like a version of themselves that nobody actually likes being. I find a lot of people, (laughs) when they get the photos back, too, they're so happy that they did this. Yeah. Even we did. We've got some family that my family that just moved back from B.C. and Mm -hmm. we went to visit my dad uh, last weekend. We hadn't all been together as a unit in maybe 10 years. Right. And so I I sort of presented, I know everybody's going to hate me for this. <laughs> That's how you open up. I know no one's going to want to do this. No, I yes, because I knew that to be true of my family and maybe most families. Most families, So yep. I was just, you know, cautioning, this is where this is going to go. Yep. And I said, we're going to do a couple family photos. We're going to get through this. But when they were done, everyone's like, oh, so are you going to send that to me? And yes. everybody wants it. Yes, they it's want it. It's just the process. Yeah, there's <laughs> like this interesting, like, they want it, but they don't want you to know that they want it. Mm, it's weird. a really interesting thing that happens a lot, I think. Even like with women, with men, with families, with everybody that I shoot, it's like, there has to be a very specific reason a lot of the time for yeah. people to book photography. Mm. And if there's not a specific reason, they'll create one to justify it. Yeah. But in my head, I'm like, it's just a photo. Like, let's just do it. Let's just have some fun and have some photos of having fun. Like, it's just not that big of a deal to me. It reminds me of, we chatted briefly before we started recording about online presence and Mm -hmm. social media. Mm -hmm. It reminds me of that same feeling in that... I it's not cool or I don't want to look like I'm 
curating a photo or trying to present myself in a certain way. Mm-hmm. But I am I, like I'm almost yeah. even embarrassed to admit this on a podcast that everyone's going to listen to. But the <laughs> truth is like, yeah, I want to look a certain way. And I balance that with intentionally posting things that maybe are more, quote, raw and real. Yeah. And they are. But I I do have the thought like, well, I want to be myself. I don't always want to have these yeah. polished photos. Yeah. Isn't yeah. that a weird thing that we all do? It's It's like this thing where we're we're told to be vain but then we're not allowed to be vain we're told to like look a certain way but then we're not allowed to look a certain way nailed it do you know what i mean like exactly (laughs) exactly (laughs) yeah it's it's really weird and messed up and do you see a difference between the younger generation versus people maybe 40-ish and over because people growing up now are used to taking selfies and yeah. their friends taking pictures all the time and people a little bit older that might be the awkward kind of oh, what am I doing here because yeah. they're not used to that like a professional photographer showing up and yeah there's I think there's like more expectations with the older generation in terms of what the photography is supposed to look like because they grew up with like Sears photos and you know what I mean like yeah. the, the Hand studio on the shoulder. yeah totally and and the very posed photography because that's what it's always been like for a really long time that's yeah. what it's been and so when you say I'm getting family portraits done it's like a very like stiff mm. everyone's looking at the camera photograph and so my like I've been doing this for almost 15 years and my whole narrative has been that's not what we do that's not what family photography has to be and look at how much fun we can have instead and you can create these memories instead of these like posed images that I don't really understand the purpose of them other than to like catalog this is what I looked like when I was this old mm-hmm. <laughs> or to do something ironic that's a throwback to the 80s yes like actually, I'd love to do yes, one of those Sears photo 100%. shoots on purpose <laughs> yes actually a friend of mine in California did that with her girlfriend they like glammed up like crazy and put on hilarious outfits and then went to Walmart I think it was and was like this is what we want to do and the lady there was just like you just made my life Uh. yeah yeah (laughs) I would go into with the premise that nobody can smile because you know you'd all be killing yourselves laughing (laughs) you'd never get your faces would all be like yeah exactly (laughs) best photos ever (laughs) totally so funny but when I see your images I mean, there's such a a depth and aesthetic to them. I see like a whole narrative unfold in a single image. Mm -hmm. And it's one of, in my opinion, not as a photographer, one of the most beautiful parts of photography is that, say, in writing or, or even songwriting, I mean, you have a little bit more of an opportunity to explain yourself. Like, this is what you had in mind. This is what maybe I want the audience to receive. Mm -hmm. With a still image, it's really... You know, if it's a family photo, I suppose they can see themselves how they mm-hmm. how they choose. But if I look at one of your photos and I don't know the the subjects, right? It's I, I get that total liberty of a story unfolding. Yeah, that's I mean that's so nice to hear because that's what I try to do. So <laughs> the fact that it's working is yeah. excellent. Um, so like my family photography, I usually. 
I send out questionnaires to my families before we do a session, and um, a lot of the questions, those are pretty standard questions for photographers. A lot of photographers send out questionnaires. Um, so, like, my questions are, like, if you had, like, a day in the life with your family, like, you could do whatever you wanted, what would you choose to do? And it kind of just gives me a sense of, like, their personalities and what they really like doing. A lot of, uh, sometimes people will be, like, super crazy, like, oh, well, go to Italy or we'll go to Disneyland for the day or something like mm. that. But a lot of the time it's, I would do what we do, which is we go hiking, we go to the beach, we do this or we do that. And so my answer to that is always like, okay, that's what we're going to do for your session then, because that's where your kids feel comfortable. That's where you guys feel comfortable. Mm. So then we put them in a place where they're already relaxed. They're already happy to be there because that's where they go as a family and that's where they make memories. So that's like first, like the first thing is choosing a location where they're chilled and where their kids can play mm -hmm. and where their kids are used to. Like if I put the kids in a museum, like maybe they would still run around, but you know, then the parents are stressed because they're not allowed to touch things and you know, you go to a beach and they can throw sand and they can run in the water and get dirty and it's all good. Um, so, yeah, that's one of the questions. The other question is just to get them to talk about their relationships with each other and like the roles that they play in their in their families. Like who is the one that the kids always go to when they're hurt or who's the tickle monster or who mm. who's like the one that's always like yeah let's go do this let's go have an adventure and who's the one who's reading the stories at night that mm -hmm. kind of stuff so i get like the personalities of the family and i ask them like what what did you guys struggle with this year what was like a big struggle that you went through and what was like something that it, that like was so fun that you did or super happy like what's a happy memory and stuff like that, it just helps me, like, get to know them before I go into the session. Mm -hmm. And it helps them feel like we've had a conversation. And so when they show up to the session, I'm not a stranger anymore. Mm. Even though I'm not necessarily right. Like, I'll write them back and say, thank you for your answers. And if I have further questions, I'll ask further questions. But I'm not calling them. I'm not meeting them in person. But just like having them be slightly vulnerable with me, even in an email, it just puts them at ease for the session. So all of that helps me to kind of curate a session for them. So then we talk about wardrobe and we talk about like location and all that kind of stuff and like what to bring to a session. If you're at a beach, bring some beach toys, bring a blanket bring snacks mm. always bring snacks <laughs> it sounds like you're ultimately creating a narrative for this family or this group or yeah. whoever it may be yeah and that allows you to capture the essence of them yeah i i mean i think so and then you know i can go into a session with like a whole idea of like how this is going to play out and it never does because mm. <laughs> there's kids involved. You can't yeah. control it. Yeah. So they're just running around doing their thing. But every session is about connection. It's always about the connection and the relationship that you have with the person that you are being photographed with. So even if it's a portrait session and it's one person, it's a relationship that they have with themselves that I'm trying to capture. So... In the moments of the kids running around, I'm just like noticing 
like mom putting her hand on the head or dad like coming in and just like giving that quick hug. So you have to be quick and you have to be fast. And I am at the end of every session, my body is like, what are you doing? <laughs> Why are you doing Because I am running. <laughs> like, yeah, I am not still. I'm carrying cameras. I'm carrying like I shoot sometimes through a Ziploc bag and I sometimes use filters and I'm sometimes mm. using like aerosol spray cans. And so in the in those moments of like finding those teeny tiny connections, I'm also trying to capture it as artistically as I can. Yeah. 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 So I have heard from other people who maybe have experienced their first professional photography session. And mm -hmm. I had this experience myself in seeing the photos after the fact, looking at myself in a way that I had never seen myself mm -hmm. before. And I found that so magical, really. Yes. It was like a magic trick had been mm -hmm. done for somebody I didn't know well to somehow be able to capture an image of who I am all the time, but in a way that I've never yeah. seen before. How, it's what's your, fun. what's the magic trick? <laughs> <laughs> if I told you, I'd have to kill you. Uh, that's right. <laughs> out of a job. <laughs> I think that's the response for everyone who is really trying to say, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the magic of seeing, I guess, like mm. taking the time to just see somebody. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like you're incredibly perceptive off all the nuances mm -hmm. of a group of people or a person. Yeah. And I've mentioned this multiple times on this podcast before, but I read before in the past that someone said it's an artist's responsibility to make sense of our emotions. So you're essentially <laughs> looking at someone and you're figuring out in your mind what that represents to mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. and capturing that. Does that make sense? Yeah. So this is might sound off track, but one of my favorite things to do is to get everybody I know together in a room, whether they know each other or not, yeah. and just see how it works out. And like all these different personalities from all these different parts of my life and just like smush them together. And I love just watching what happens mm. <laughs> from the side, from the She's outside, a scientist right? too. I just like, I just really like how, how people can relate to each other in like different circumstances and so I just I've always been an observer I guess like I like observing that and as a kid I was so shy like so shy and I would just kind of step back and just watch everybody and it took me a long time to like go from a wallflower to in the midst of everyone and start talking to them or I'd like choose one person and sit beside them and I still do that as an adult often like if I'm at a party or something I'll mm. just be like okay who do I know <laughs> and then just cling to them um but yeah I so I've observed I observe a lot of emotions and <clears throat> I'm also a therapist so yeah I <laughs> I can like I just I find emotions fantastic I just think they're they're what make us human yeah um, and so a lot of times, you know, in a, in a session with clients, if they've got little kids and the little kids are like freaking out or crying or screaming or whatever, you can see the parents getting stressed out. Like, oh, my kid is not acting appropriately. I love it. <laughs> it's my favorite thing in a session when the kid is just like completely ignoring me. And interacting with their parents like they would normally interact with their parents. Right. And so whenever that happens, I'm like, please don't take the kid away. Please just like 
love him. Mm -hmm. Love the kid. Be there. Do what you would do to calm the kid down normally. And I'll just take photos of it. <laughs> I think this really speaks to the maybe the the point of art, which is a really big statement mm. to make. But it's it's often and we've learned this from interviewing a lot of creative people. It's often less about this product, this thing mm -hmm. that I make. You're not making photographs. You're you're presenting an emotion. You're presenting an experience like it's so much deeper than just our expression of the thing mm. that comes before yeah, that's so nice to hear. <laughs> yeah, and it's, I don't You're know. You're stroking my ego today, guys. <laughs> well, but it's, you deserve it's it. something it's we've learned about a, that's kind of this common thread between mm -hmm. a lot of creative people is that it's it's more about, like I, I want, like you were saying, it's our responsibility to make sense of or express something deeper than just this is a pretty painting, mm -hmm. which is also important to do as well. Like that mm -hmm. allows you to to get creative, but... And I also wanted to make this parallel um, connection between your experience as a photographer and maybe starting with this questionnaire and having this intimate mm -hmm. experience with the family is something that we have grown to really love in mm -hmm. podcasting. Oh, nice. Because it is such a... Like, if we ran into you at the grocery store, like, hey, I follow your work on Instagram yeah. and you're so cool. And, you know, that would be the end of things. We're yeah. not going to sit there for an hour and ask you about yeah, your childhood totally. and creative <laughs> essence. And But we all come here and agree that, like, this is a comfortable setting yeah. for us to yeah. exactly go yeah. deep with you in yeah. ways that maybe other environments wouldn't allow. Yes. Agreed. Yes. Like, setting that expectation up even, like, months before your session is, like... I think it's so important. Expectations from your clients is like, you got to think about that. Yeah. Like, and you got to communicate what, like I have to communicate what my expectations of them are for the session before the session starts. Because if they show up and they're expecting posed photos and then what they get from me is not that. Right. Well, that's not okay. Like they should have hired somebody else. Mm -hmm. But if they know what to expect from me and they know, like, I want those, like, very emotional, raw images, then that's great. And despite sometimes people being nervous, mm -hmm. maybe men in particular that we mm -hmm. talked about, what is often the sentiment after the fact? Oh, they're, they're super happy. Yeah. yeah. Like, after the session, they're just like, wow, that was so much more fun than I anticipated. Mm. And the they're usually in love with the photos. Every once in a while, I get someone who's like, oh, this wasn't like what I expected. And I'm, I'm like, oh, that's very interesting <laughs> considering our conversations over the past. Mm. Like, you know, and that's fine. Like, there's nothing I can do about that. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. We've all had that experience yeah, before. Totally. Yeah. Custom yeah. work is actually quite challenging. It is very challenging. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was just thinking about that the other day in terms of um, fine art photography versus like session based photography and how sometimes it can feel very um, restricting doing session like <clears throat> client photography because expectations are so big and you're fulfilling something for somebody else. Whereas when you do fine artwork, you're fulfilling it for yourself. Yes. And then you just hope that somebody loves it. <laughs> 100% nailed it. Do you ever do any photos? Obviously, what you're describing here is you're, you're getting to know the client mm -hmm. or the, the people involved, sending out questions, getting the answers, kind of seeing where that goes. Do you ever just 
take a camera out and just capture things in general? I do. Um, Mostly with my family. Yeah. Like uh, my kids very, I very, very rarely pose my kids. Sometimes I do, and that requires a lot of bribery. Hmm. But um, all of my family, like photos of my family, it's all documentary. And when I travel, I just pull it out and it's all documentary and like, or street photography. Yeah. I would not call myself anywhere near a street photographer because I am nowhere near good at it. <laughs> like, wow. I can take photos, but I don't see it the same way that like real street photographers see the world when mm. they're when they step outside of their houses. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How does everyone carrying a device now impact your creativity or the way that you see photography in a more artful way? knowing that any one of us can go out and snap a photograph now. Well, you could, and and I don't know, it doesn't mean you're not an artist. Yeah. It, you know, it's it's your art if if that's what you do, mm-hmm. you know? Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. That's such a hard question to answer because I don't really care. Yeah. You know, like, it's, Perfect kind, it's just one of those things that it exists, mm-hmm. and some people use it to create art, like, to... You know, a lot. There's actually a lot of photographers out there who only use an iPhone. Yeah, and that's amazing to me. And I look at their photos, and I'm just like, "How did you do that?" Yeah, mm. with a phone. And then I look at my phone, and I try to do something, and I'm like, yeah, "That's not the mm. same thing." <laughs> so it's amazing. Mike was telling me recently. I can't remember the the singer's name, but like one of the biggest songs in the world right now it was just a guy at home recording it's on voice his cell memo. phone. It's yeah. a voice memo. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. Yes. It's a country artist. I don't really follow that genre, but I, I've seen this name blow up and shared across social media. And he had wow. three songs in the top 10 and what? That's on awesome. the billboard charts. And two of them, I think, were just voice memos. Yeah. That's, that's so that's, I, could, I guess I could pose the question to you. <laughs> yeah. I was just going to say, so how, <laughs> how yeah, do how does that make well, you feel? I, I think. <laughs> Obviously, there's something about the song, the lyrics, and the emotion in it that is resonating with people. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like I spend thousands of hours trying to get the perfect quality, like the best mics, mm-hmm. and like just researching how to do all this. And I went to school for recording, and right? Like, working on the tracks, mixing for hours upon hours. And at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is how people react. And Mm -hmm. if there's something in that song that can bring an emotion out of them, Mm -hmm. whatever it may be. Yeah. So I think the most important thing in every aspect of art is probably just the the talent, like what, what you're putting out there. Today's episode is brought to you by the amazing Wilson's Coastal Club. This resort has eight cottages, ranging from bachelor to three-bedroom units, so you can take the whole family along, including your fur babies. Dogs are welcome. Mallory and Kyle, the owners, are two awesome people who have created the perfect getaway for you. And we've stayed there ourselves, and, you know, we felt like two little kids on vacation. This hidden gem is right on the ocean. They've got a private beach with loungers for all of their guests, e-bikes, and all of the water sports like stand-up paddle boards, kayaking, swimming, and the ambient sound of the waves. A lot of wildlife there, too. Loons! Ducks! 
Seals. Cranes. Deer. Bunnies. And more bunnies. Woo! <laughs> As if this place wasn't awesome enough, they're also offering fitness classes on the beach, wellness retreats, and meditation workshops. Wilson's Coastal Club is open all year round. And if you're worried about the Nova Scotia winter nipping at your nose, don't fret, they've got you covered. They're offering Canadian-made cedar wood-fired hot tubs and oceanfront 10-foot red cedar panoramic view barrel saunas coming this fall. Located at 7532 St. Margaret's Bay Road in Bootlears Point, Nova Scotia, you can book your stay at wilsonscoastalclub.com. And if you book before October 30th and use the discount code Mike and Kristen, you'll receive 15% off your stay. Woo! Private beach! Bonfires! Whoa, good times in the maritime! S'mores! Woo! Woo! Yeah, and I think, like, I'm self-taught. I have been doing this for a long time. So I have a lot of years of experience in teaching myself what to look for and, and how to see that, you know, newer photographers are just starting to learn. And some of them just are amazing and they just get it like that. Like their work is beautiful and amazing. And then others, it takes quite a long time. And and I think it's them like loosening up and feeling comfortable and, and confident in in who they are and how they shoot and just owning it. Mm. And like, I think this summer for me, taking the summer off was, I needed it just to rest, but I just needed it to like start, thinking about art for myself and not necessarily caring about what other people think about it mm. and and how it's perceived and really it's just like how it makes me feel rather than mm. anyone else do you does that create a natural evolution in the work you produce when you it, yourself are changing it does absolutely yeah like yeah. i did this session in august where i actually posed them a lot and I don't usually, there was three older boys and, and a mom, it was a session in the water. And I just had this idea of like how I wanted to shoot them. And I, she's a friend of mine, so I, I know her pretty well. And her boys are like her life. She loves them. And so I just wanted to like really capture this intense connection between them in in a different way than I normally do because usually I would just be like okay just run around in the water and play and have fun but this time I was like no I need you to do this and I think she was a little bit like oh that's not your normal style and I was like no I'm I'm playing now I want to like mm. try something new and th I love the images like they're gorgeous so yeah I think it definitely does and I think like as an artist, taking time to just do that, to create more for yourself, to take time to rest is so important because it also makes it so that when you do take your clients back on, you're coming refreshed and excited to be there and with more clarity and vision and, I don't know, like creativity mm -hmm. in the session. Whereas if you're burnt out, you're not doing a very good service to your clients because you're showing up burnt out and ready for the session to be done before you even start it. And when you love what you do and you step away from it for a little while, you start to get excited to actually come mm -hmm. back and do it. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I can't wait to do this photo shoot, yeah. whatever. Like that, that time away lets you 
appreciate what it is that you do. A hundred percent. And fall back in love with it. Yeah. Yeah. I know you, uh, you've you done some retreats as mm-hmm. well, where photography is a component of that. Mm-hmm. What do you take from the attendees of those retreats and incorporate into question. your work? Um, I've taken editing techniques mm-hmm. <laughs> from them. Like Some people do, like, we all edit very differently. And I think really, like, when it comes to photography, that is really where we make our mark. Like, we could all take the exact same picture and have them look completely different afterwards once we've edited it because we all have different styles and so there's definitely things like i'm i edit in photoshop i don't use lightroom i started in photoshop and lightroom confuses me and i'm not techie so learning new tech takes me a really long time (laughs) so i have not learned lightroom so i continue in photoshop and so yeah i've like learned from people about lightroom just different techniques that i can use um and I I don't do a ton of editing either. Like, I, it takes me not very long to edit a photo. And so there's just, like, certain things that, you know, you get into, you get into what you do is what you do. And so when you host a retreat, all of a sudden you're like, oh, that looks like fun. I should try that. And then you try, you go home and you try it and you might keep it in your work or you might go back to what you do is what you do. But coming together with creatives is like it's just so inspiring you can come away with so much stuff so much information and when I host retreats like I teach workshops at the retreats but it's really like very collaborative like everyone shares their their knowledge at these retreats so you learn a lot yes Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah yeah I always find that with being around because you get like you're saying, you kind of get known for this is the thing I make. Yes. And I've had times where I've deviated from that and made something completely outside mm-hmm. my box mm-hmm. and maybe even sold a couple of pieces. But there's mm-hmm. this weird tension almost with mm-hmm. your followers that are like, I don't know. Yeah, like this yeah. isn't what you do, right? And <laughs> yeah. so it's kind of this weird headspace to be in as the recipient yeah. of that feedback. And yes. like cool that you tried something new but yeah not yeah super totally. into it. <laughs> yeah it, yeah exactly it can be hard yeah. but then again my response to that is always like art is first and foremost for yourself so mm-hmm. yeah do what makes you happy so let's talk about when this creative spirit ignited within you were you did you have a knowing as a child was it an influence yeah. from someone so I always as soon as I knew what a camera was I was taking pictures with a camera you know when you're 10 it's like sunsets and sunrises and all oh, that snow looks really pretty on the tree and mm-hmm. then in high school it's of your friends and partying and all that kind of stuff right and then um, I went to I did my undergrad in this tiny university in St. Stephen New Brunswick and got to travel the world while doing that but at the end of it I was like I don't know what the frick I'm gonna do and then all of a sudden I was like, I'm just going to like take a class and learn how to use manual mode on a camera. <laughs> and so I did in this basement in St. Andrews, New Brunswick. I don't even remember the teacher's name anymore, but she taught me how to shoot on slide film because slide film is the hardest to expose properly, I guess. Okay. And... I don't know what that is. Can you? <laughs> <laughs> 
And here I've aged myself. Is, no, no, we're probably, I just don't know photography. Is it just so like loading a 35 so, mil? No, it's, okay. um, so slide film, you have to put in like a slide projector to see it. Amazing. Yeah. Yes. So I have seen, old. so my parents had one of these growing up, the old slide film. That yeah, yeah. I was thrilled yes, when I got to see it cool. work. Yeah. yeah, it's super fun. Whoa. And the quality is amazing. Is like, it a it's different, really good. like a specific kind of camera that you need to nope. get that? Okay. No, and I think it's just 35 mil millimeter film but it's like a slide like you process it with c41 processing i'm pretty sure if i remember back correctly Mm -hmm. um but yeah so that was my first experience and i you know i was just taking pictures of everything and anything and like looking for light and and then i moved here i was gonna go to sheridan college for photography and i just i just didn't want to go back to school Mm -hmm. (laughs) so we moved Mm -hmm. here from New Brunswick, me and my husband. And uh, I just started doing it like on the side. I I worked for Fleece Artist Handmaiden for 13 years, the hand dyeing yarn. And Ooh. on the side, I took photos. Mm. Yeah. And it just like grew and grew. And then I had kids and it didn't make sense financially to go back to work and put two kids in daycare. So I just concentrated on it as much as I could in, in the, you know, between the throw up and the diaper changes and the screaming and the <laughs> all new content <laughs> all, for you all new content yep definitely and actually yeah like you know that actually really helped me hone a lot of skills when it came to like looking for light and shooting documentary because when you don't when it's just you and your partner it's harder to like just get out and shoot documentary but when you have kids running around it's very easy to do mm-hmm. so and you have twins right i do have twins were there yes. twins in your family? There are, but they're IVF twins. Oh. So it's my own damn fault. Mm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Little angels. <laughs> nope. <laughs> and they're back to school today. Yes, they're back to school today. I already missed them. Uh, yeah. I'm so glad that you were able to give yourself a summer to just kind of yeah. explore. Yep. Yeah, them. it's it's been really fun. Yeah. Yeah. How did growing up in a small town influence you? Okay, so I grew up in Owen Sound, Ontario, but I grew up on the outskirts of Owen Sound, okay. Ontario. So I grew You're up. You're a second guest from Owen Sound, actually. Really? Yeah. Who? Tell George. Me. George Woodhouse George is from Owen. Owen Sound. Oh, really? He's a musician, his vinyls somewhere. That is around so here. bizarre to oh, me. Yeah. Every Just time I right. hear, every time I hear someone from Owen Sound, I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. It's very small. I think it's called a city. It's very small. Yeah. And so I grew up in Hepworth, which is, you know, a road. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Kristen grew dirt, up on a road. I grew up on a road, too. Yeah, That's how I describe road. it. If people yeah. are familiar, like, it's that road, you yeah. know, like, with no stores for 15 minutes. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah, and I, like, I grew up taking the tracks to the little convenience store to get my candy and... Mm-hmm. You know, in my ice cream cone in the summertime, it would take us probably an hour and a half to walk there and then an hour and a half yeah. to walk home. And that's what we did during the day. Yeah, <laughs> we went your swimming. whole day. <laughs> yeah, that was the day. <laughs> we went swimming in the creek and caught crayfish and made tree forts in the woods and went berry picking in the woods. And we were outside like 95% of the time. Yeah. Even in the winter, it was... My mom would kick us out and she would be like, okay, I'll see you in a few hours. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like, make sure you don't get your mittens wet. Like if it was more, if you get your mittens wet too bad. Yeah, <laughs> figure it out. <laughs> figure it out. 
And yeah, so and I have four siblings, so mm-hmm. we just grew up playing together and and creating all the time. Like my brothers are very mechanical and they would spend time like with snowmobiles and motorcycles just mm-hmm. making things work and we would spend I would spend time like trying to make tree forts even though I am not inclined to build things at all. <laughs> do kids make forts anymore? So. My kids do. Yeah. Yeah, like in the house and outside, yeah, they make a lot of forts. Like that was like basically my life purpose when I <laughs> yeah. was a yes. kid was just going into the woods and just building a fort. Building a fort. And then some older kids would come and wreck it and we'd have to build a new one. Yeah. Part of the process. Yeah. We built one. One time we built this awesome fort and like, we got to protect this. So yeah. we, we started making <laughs> traps. Like, like And, and then, then by the end of it, we made so many traps we couldn't get into the fort yeah. anymore. It was too dangerous. Oh so, my God, that's so amazing. We had to abandon our own fort because our own defense system was, was too good. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's amazing. You don't think about it as creative education but growing up like that it it is your whole life is make-believe yeah i would use our my parents had that old golden kind of shag carpet on their stairs (laughs) and i would sit on the stairs pretending i was in uh on the new york subway and i'd read oh my god that's amazing because it felt like seats kind of thing going down or yeah, we would play Runaway a lot, me yep. and my best friend next door. And we'd go and pick food from her garden. And that was like our food that we scavenged allegedly <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on this big adventure that we were on. But yeah, you don't think I about it, it as uh, th- I'm a creative child. It was just, it's, just it's play. this or nothing yeah. that you get to do today. Yeah. 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 And I think like unstructured time is just, it's just so important for kids to be creative and imaginative. Um, but yeah, so that was like I grew up in the woods and I loved it. And I also grew up really close to Lake Huron and Georgian mm-hmm. Bay. So I grew up in the woods and on the water and it was the best. And it definitely created a mind that was like imaginative and creative and ready to just go. And you appreciate nature as well. Oh, yes. I love it. Yeah. Like, I don't do a lot of studio photography because I find it hard to get inspired by blank walls. Yeah. But you put me in a forest and I have like 500 ideas in five yeah. minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, we're lucky that I guess we have that. And Mike, too, you grew up in town, but you certainly were outdoors all the time building your forts, yeah. <laughs> building your booby traps. Yeah, yeah we had spikes. You, you walked through He's like, two I'm not trees. quite finished talking about the <laughs> no, traps like they're yet. so good. <laughs> a wire, you trip, and a ball of spikes would swing oh down at your whoa. face. That's, and like, a, that's amazing. Oh, yeah. That's sophisticated. Well, that's why you couldn't go back. <laughs> that's dangerous. like Home Alone content. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Did anybody ever get nailed that you... Oh, we, we left. We never went back. <laughs> that's amazing. I'm sure. Someone yourself. probably died in there. Oh my god! We should do an adult fort workshop, <laughs> yes, of some sort. So I'm doing a. I'm next year. I'm hosting a photographer's retreat called. I just named it yesterday called Camp Camp, mm. and it's going to be at Milford House. And one of the things I'm going to get the cabins to do is to have a fort building contest. Ah. Stop. Yes. Whoa. Isn't that just so like, fun? Yes. Yeah. And we're going to have canoe races and pumpkin carving contests and, and it, workshops too. But Sounds it's very fun. Really... And is this strictly for grown-ups? Yes. I love this so yes. much. Yes. When I'm is so that? Excited. It'll be next. Uh, it'll be October 
7 to 11, I think, are the dates mm-hmm. of 2024. Yeah. 2024. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about Milford House. Oh, my God. It's my, like, heaven. Mm. Near I, Kedgy, right? Yeah. It's in between Annapolis Royal and Kedgy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's in the woods, and it's on a couple of lakes, and the cabins are super rustic. And when I say super rustic, you might, like, see a chipmunk head pop out of the ceiling. Mm-hmm. You can mm. sometimes see outside from inside the walls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Love it. But the beds are super comfortable and it's like, it's very clean, but it's very rustic. So if you're not interested in rustic, then don't go to Milford House. <laughs> but it has like this, um, it has a bit of like a dirty dancing vibe to it. Because like, mm. there's a lodge and you get a meal plan and you go to the lodge for dinner and there's a tennis court and a volleyball oh. court. and Like a beach volleyball court? Uh, no, it's just grass. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, it, it has that kind of feel to it, but way more rustic than... than uh, the dirty, dirty dancing. dancing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, last, last summer, uh, we kind of had, I don't want to say summer off, but we, we Kristen had just left her, her job, full-time mm-hmm. government job, to become a full-time artist. Congratulations. And, Thank you. And we had a really nice summer last year. Mm-hmm. And we would just take any time it was sunny, we're like, we're doing something. Yeah. And in the evenings, like we'd come from the beach and we'd set up in our, our backyard. Mm-hmm. We'd take out our futon mattress. Nice. And we'd watch a classic movie under the stars. Oh, that's so nice. So Kristen's like, we got to watch Dirty Dancing. And I was like, as long as we can watch Bloodsport. <laughs> We will watch immediately after Dirty Dancing. So we, uh, you she, had never seen Dirty Dancing. No, either. and you had never seen Bloodsport. Right. So it was, yeah. uh, it was perfect. And yeah, I got to watch Dirty Dancing yeah. last year. And what, what you're describing sounds pretty darn fun. Yeah, it is really fun. And it's like the light there is just so dreamy, no matter what time of day. Like, I don't usually like to shoot in midday high sun because it's just so glaring. But, even there, it's just like, it's just dreamy. It's always dreamy. Yeah. The last time we were just there for like a week and we were walking to the lodge for dinner and the sun was starting to set. So it was very golden-y. And the grass in front of the lodge was just full of dragonflies. And they mm. were just flying, like lifting off the ground. It was so magical. It's like, mm. where am I? I feel like I'm in fairy glen or something. <laughs> it's crazy. It's so, so good nice. when you have those experiences. Yes. And things like that happen that... They're not written up in the website that no. you can expect a yeah. fairy-like experience. Their but... website is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've looked at it before, yeah. and I didn't. I didn't know that that lodge component was kind of part of the. Experience. Yeah, so it can be, or it doesn't have to yeah. be. Like you don't have to do meal plans, but most of the cabins don't have full kitchens, so they'll have a fridge and some like cutlery and plates and mm-hmm. bowls and stuff, and like a toaster and a kettle, but most of them don't have stoves. So yeah. when we go. We'll eat like one or two meals at the lodge and then we'll bring our barbecue and our camp stove and cook our own. But um, it is, it's such a magical place. Like my kids love it. And so it's becoming a tradition for us to go. We usually go twice a year. We'll definitely yeah. check it out. We are yeah. annual Kedgy goers. We stay in the yeah. yurt there. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. If we can get it. I think there's only one year that we missed out on bookings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because r- reservations are pretty They're competitive. So fast. Yeah. yeah it's so nutty. Fast. You described the this moment at uh, Milford House with the dragonflies taking mm-hmm. off the beautiful sun as a magical moment. Mm-hmm. Do you do you think that 
those moments happen for everyone or is it kind of that creative people and artists are just more aware of them happening? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I mean, I don't know because I'm not inside the heads of everybody, but I think they happen to everybody. I think it's they just if you it. notice it, like yeah. take the moments to notice because yeah, like there was other people there and I don't know if they were noticing this, but mm. I was and I was just like, holy crap, this is insane. Yeah. But, and my kids were because I've taught them, like oftentimes they will call me now and say, mom, the light is good over here. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they're learning. Yeah, so they're learning to stop and notice, which is really lovely. But yeah. I feel like a lot of people just aren't able to pick up on those things that are happening. Yeah, I mean, I think it's training. Yeah. I think you, I think, especially in this day and age where we're like, we constantly have things in front of our face. Yeah. Um, it's training yourself to stop and see. And photographers have to do that. Like yeah. we have to stop and see. Otherwise our job is kind of, it's a moot point. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, and appreciate these moments. Mm -hmm. like, yeah, because you can stop and see them and then just keep walking. Yeah. But, yeah, I just, I don't know. I but I've, I've experienced things in the past where I think it's this just monumental location and yeah. other people around me just aren't yeah, they cluing yeah, in. They're or cluing they're in. just Or maybe maybe I'm the, the weird one in this scenario. <laughs> but I feel weird like... Weird is great. Yeah, I, 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 feel, <laughs> I feel like it is, uh, I don't know if it's an art, but it, it is something that maybe is being lost a little bit more as well. I think it's, yeah, potentially being lost a little bit more. I think also creatives are, generally speaking, the people who do see it more often. Yeah. Um, or appreciate it more because we're recreating it always. So you're creating it in paintings. You're recreating those moments in music. I'm recreating those moments in photography. It's all like our expressions of the beautiful things that we see happening around us. So you know we've been trained from whether it's part of our personalities or we've been training ourselves to see and to appreciate those moments in recreating them too i would say that experience is bittersweet for me Be mm. and here's why because yes it's nice to recognize those moments of beauty and magic and be present with it it's also very difficult i find with this type of brain to separate and sometimes mm. you want a break from applying it to a creative project. Like yes. I will see this, you know, <clears throat> even somebody's clothing and I'm mm -hmm. like, oh, I like those. I like this palette, like what you're wearing yes. right now. Like you come in and I'm like, oh, I like the texture of that sweater and how yep. it pairs with things. And that would make for a really nice painting when it might be nice to actually just sit with you and not be <laughs> not observing <laughs> like the colors that you're wearing. And so I find sometimes it, it can almost be exhausting to think yes. this way. Yeah. Um, I read a an Enneagram. Do you guys know the Enneagram? It's like a personality yeah. assessment thing. Yes. Um, my friend Krista is like a coach for Enneagram stuff. Anyway, so she got me hooked on it. And I was reading this post this morning about um, tiny rituals for different Enneagram numbers. And I'm a seven. And, and the seven tiny ritual suggestion was... Um, to write down all of your thoughts as soon as you wake up in the morning. And 
<laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> that would be helpful. 47 pages <laughs> later. Exactly. I was like, that would take me a really long time. <laughs> this thoughts don't stop. So when do I stop? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, I, I, I have no wish to go back to a nine to five, mm-hmm. but at five o'clock. You shut off. I, my work yeah. was done. Yeah, I think about that often because there's like, sometimes I just wish that I could because you can turn it off and then you don't have to like think about it anymore. Mm. Have you ever thought about leaving entrepreneurship? No, not really. Not seriously. Mm-hmm. I think in right right now, my life is so sweet. Mm. Such a good life. Like, I wake up and do what I want. And, like, I get to travel a lot. Because mm. I also run a second business called Heart Ventures. And it's international retreats. Some of them are hiking retreats and other ones mm. are creative retreats. And we do those twice a year now. And um, so I get to travel to these amazing places with these amazing women and... It's just like, who gets to live this life? And like, I think about, you know, people having to take time off to go travel. Well, I just get to do it. (laughs) And Mm. I can extend my trip if I feel like it because I have the freedom to do that. And if I don't want to work in the summer, I have the freedom to do that. A, because I charge enough for my work that I can save up money to take time off in the summer if I want to. And also because I have a partner who supports that so yeah is there any criteria for your retreats Uh, like would you have to be a a photographer or okay so the hiking retreats you have to this i have one coming up in madeira in portugal in the spring it's sold out but for that one the criteria is that you need to be an average hiker Mm -hmm. or at least want to push yourself into that um because the hikes will be moderate hikes, which to hikers, moderate is like moderate, but to people who don't hike, moderate is really hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and how yeah. many people do you take? Uh, there's 12 people coming to Madeira. Mm-hmm. Um, we like to keep it around between 10 and 12 because it's just Krista and I leading them. And I don't, I don't like going to retreats and to photography workshops where I'm one in a hundred. And I don't get like one-on-one time. I like it doesn't feel like you're you're seen. Yeah. And I don't like that. So I like to keep my retreats small so that everyone feels like they have a voice at them and are seen and get their needs met. Um. Yeah. So that's the only re- criteria for the hiking retreats. And the hiking is kind of the hiking ones. I throw elements of photography into it. Um. And then the creative ones, you don't need to have any criteria for at all. You just have to come with an open mind wanting to explore your own creativity. Mm-hmm. And that's it. From one entrepreneur to another, I'd love to hear about just the evolution of some of these offerings. Mm. So year <laughs> one, I imagine you weren't offering international retreats. Maybe you were. No, no. The international retreats are fairly new. So the first one that we did was in 2019 in Scotland and it was a walking retreat. So we walked from Fort Williams, Scotland to Inverness. And Europe is so set up for these. Like, it is amazing. They have all the inns. You just, like, book your inns. Then you book your person to come and take your luggage from inn to inn. Mm-hmm. So you walk from inn to inn along the way. Ah. And it's it's just so easy. Canada is way too spaced apart to do that. Mm. <laughs> yeah. 
like way yeah you too can't even get to the next community no and... you can't <laughs> no you you could do it with tents i suppose yeah but yeah comfort not so much <laughs> and had you gone to europe and thought hey i want to come back with more people oh my god yes so i went to europe in 2000 with the university that i was attending and we traveled through france spain italy and germany and we camped mm-hmm. while we did it, but also campgrounds in Europe are like so chill. They're so great. It's very clean and mm. lots of amenities and stuff like that. Um, and I didn't want to leave. I was like, no, we're just going to stay. We can afford to stay at that time because we were students. So, mm-hmm. and you know, I needed to get the degree. But <laughs> yeah, finish what you started. Finish what I started. And, uh, but yeah, I, and then I went to Paris again with my husband in 2014 and we just spent 10 days like eating and drinking through Paris. It was so fun. So great. And I've been to London like, I don't know, five times, I think, because my best friend lives there. So I often go like once a year to go visit her. Um, and I've been to Italy now three times. We took the girls when they were three and it was so fun. So fun. Traveling with kids is like hell. Definitely hell. <laughs> but the moments of awesome are so awesome that they overtake the hell. <laughs> that feels like parenting in general totally from what is. I've heard. Mm. 100%. <laughs> like every once in a while you get a glimmer of like, oh, this yeah. is why I do this. Yeah, but... exactly. Yeah. We got two foster kittens in the house right now. So oh. we know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, just exactly the same. Just exactly we the just same. lock them in a room all yeah. day. Yeah, that's what I do too. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> Put out their cereal in a yeah. dish on the floor. <laughs> I'm sure my daughter Micah would love that, actually. She oh likes to goodness. pretend she's a puppy sometimes. Yeah, well, yeah. that's what uh, seven-year-olds, did you say they were seven? They're seven, yeah. yeah. That's what yeah. they should be doing. Yeah, it's true. Back to that make-believe. Yeah. Yes, exactly. They'll find themselves on the New York subway, perhaps, yes. themselves. Well, actually, we're taking them to New York in November for their birthday. Ooh. So they will find themselves on a subway soon enough. That's cool. You guys yeah. are able to travel as a family and keep that yeah. priority intact. I I really like it. I love traveling. This year is a little bit ridiculous because right after New York, I fly to Nepal and then I fly to Vancouver from Nepal and we're there for two weeks visiting Jeremy's family. So I'm gone for like a month and a half. Yeah. Which feels ridiculous. But, but if you're it's so fun. Like, if you love doing it, it's yeah. it's not hard. Yeah. Is Nova Scotia forever home for you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, we've lived here for twenty years now. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's I I haven't you know, every time I come home from traveling, I'm like, ah mm-hmm. and you smell the sea air and you just like mm-hmm. And every time I f- drive over like that Lawrencetown Hill, I'm just like, oh, there's home. Mm. Like it just is so spectacular and amazing. I never get tired of that view. It's just so incredible. It's one of the parts of traveling I find that not a lot of people reflect on either mm. is your new appreciation for coming home. Similar yes. to what you were talking about being away from your art. And and that too with travel yeah. can be incorporated. We spent, I think, five weeks in in Thailand and Mike was most excited to come home to his guitar, first mm. and foremost. Mm. But I remember coming home to a, a refrigerator and thinking mm. that was incredible. Like, oh whoa, my God, yes. like we have our own fridge yeah. and we can go get groceries. Yeah. And, and a toilet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a toilet we can Asia, sit on, it's like, clean. Asia is a whole other beast for traveling through, for sure. There are so many times that I'm like, 
why am I here again when I could be at home on a couch with a fridge and yeah. fresh drinking water that I don't need to worry about getting sick from? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And these are things that prevent people from leaving in the first place. Yeah. I get it. But yeah. I always enjoy and appreciate the feeling of just coming home, coming home and yeah. having that new sense of gratitude and safety. And, yeah. yeah. Yes, it's it is a very nice, a very nice feeling. Yeah. When did that sense of home first come to you in Nova Scotia? Was it when you first got here or did it take take a while to develop? Um, I would say there maybe that is like twofold, like kind of before I even got here because we were coming, my husband surfs, and so we were coming like once a month for him to come and surf. Mm-hmm. And so, and we had friends, a few friends that already lived here. And so we chose this place because it felt like home. Mm-hmm. But then I feel like it really, probably like seven years of living here, it really felt like it because we all of a sudden had it, like we had a community, I shouldn't say all of a sudden, it took, I feel like seven years for us to have like a very solid community yeah. mm-hmm. where, you know, you can just like pop in on someone and, and visit them and it won't be weird, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, that, t- that took a, a while to do because once you're done school and you're working, it's hard to meet people. So it took about seven years for us to really feel like we were a part of the community that already existed and we mm-hmm. are and we had our own as well. Yeah. So yeah, I would say before and seven years later. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Is your group, would you say your core group of people within proximity to where you live? Yeah, I think so. I mean at this point of 20 years of living here, they're kind of scattered all over Nova Scotia now but mm-hmm. um, and the world. But, um, yeah, like our core people, like when we had the girls, we because both of our families aren't from here. They don't live here, so we needed help. Mm-hmm. And our core people were the ones that were in our neighborhood, and they, like, stepped up and helped as much as they could. So, yeah. Yeah. Nova Scotia hospitality. Oh my god! Even with twin babies. Yeah, like Incredible. I just remember calling my friend Judith, who's also an artist, and she's older. The girls call her Grammy Judy, and her husband John they call Grumpy John. <laughs> and uh, I was so sick, and Jeremy was in town with Micah, and Olive was like running around the house, and she stole my phone, and she was going up and down the stairs, and she was like one and a half, and our stairs were like not the safest stairs for like a one and a half year old to be running around on and so I was freaking out and I was like I finally got the phone back from her and I called Judy and she was like I'm in town I can't do it call John so I called John and I was like can you just sit in my living room (laughs) while I'm in the bathroom (laughs) (laughs) just to like make sure Olive doesn't die while I'm on the toilet (laughs) that's all parents want did grumpy John come through grumpy John came through yeah and he just sat there and I puked and (laughs) it was so amazing and then Jeremy got home and he left and it was just like stuff like that is like okay I have community (laughs) this is my home yeah well even people who don't know you will will help you in Nova Scotia oh yes it's very true absolutely they will we were evacuated from here with the wildfires Mm -hmm. and like I've always known the hospitality of Nova Scotia, but it was mm-hmm. it was so apparent then. Yeah. Just it was almost overwhelming, actually, at times. Yeah, like wanting to let everyone know how much you appreciate their outreach yes. or offers for a shower, or food, yeah. whatever it was. Yeah. But it was like this 
flood of because people also were dealing with their own emotions yeah. in I I need to help you for mm-hmm. my own sanity. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Yeah. But we received. Yeah. We accepted mm-hmm. it. Yeah, yeah, we went yeah. to the comfort stations and we didn't know a person there at all yeah. and it was just take this, take this. Do you yeah. need do you need toothpaste? Do you need sunblock yeah. or aloe vera? Like yeah. it's just the most <laughs> like, random what do you mean thing. You have aloe vera here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what survival scenario? So but... <laughs> Just in case you get a little too much sun. Yeah. But... <laughs> oh, but every possible thing we could ever want was there. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's that's amazing. Mm. I love that. I think like that kind of stuff just makes me so emotional. Like I just I love it so much. Mm. I'm sure you've met just endless amounts of people that would give you these gifts in return, even oh, in yeah. your work. For sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, wonderful. So where can folks find you or perhaps attend one of your retreats? Yeah. Where's the best place to look? So the best place to look is my website. It's just ddmorris.com. And Instagram is Photography. And those are the two best places, really. All my info is on my website. The retreats you can find there, they're all accessible. Um, Yeah. Perfect. That's pretty much it. It um, sounds like you have a lot of exciting things happening, too. I do. Yeah. Life is sweet. It's nice to have things to look forward it to. It is. It's part of yes. the thrill. It's part of being a seven on the Enneagram, too. We're <laughs> there very you go. future-oriented. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yes. Yep. <laughs> I did the the gallop. Have you ever heard of that? No. It's like a, it's it's a similar type of personality. Okay. Um, and futuristic was my top, oh, what they nice. call strength. Yeah. But it's more, yeah, you're, you're just always kind of planning ahead and yeah. moving and... Yeah, I'm sure a lot of us makers think that way. So. Yes, yeah, always thinking about. Well, maybe we'll have your your friend yeah. on, Krista. You should. Oh my God, she's amazing. Do a session or yes. something. So she does couple sessions too. Oh, cool. Because that's the thing. So this is the thing about the enneagram. I'll just say this really quick: is that once you know your number and your partner's number, it helps you understand each other so much better. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah, we'll get her contact you from should. you. Yes, okay. I'll give it to you. Future guest. Yeah. That's how it's done. <laughs> Yeah. Well, what an honor and pleasure to have you here. Thank and you. You're, you're an inspiring person and Aww, just super talented and amazing in every way. So, um, you guys are awesome. Yeah, you're so easy to be around. We really appreciate you. Thank you. Coming Good all service. this way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Great. All right, pads. Well, we'll see you next uh, next Wednesday again. Cheers, folks. Outroduction. It's that time. That time of day. Time to do the introduction. We kind of covered everything that's coming up for us in the introduction yeah. portion. Well, this is a good time to just uh, say say one thing you're grateful for. This is maybe not going to resonate well with everyone. <laughs> but I, I had this conscious thought this morning because you and I are in the midst of planning a little adventure coming up in November. Yeah. And I was thinking about how grateful I am again not to have children. Is that okay to say? Yeah. Well, everyone everyone's different. Some people, that's the thing they're most grateful for. Yeah. Some people, that, yeah, that's their whole life and they love it. Some people don't want that at all. So you're allowed to be grateful for anything. I am grateful for that freedom we have and that we're on the same page and always have been for this being something we agree on. Yeah. In terms of our family. We do have two foster kittens right now, we though. We do. What are their names? 
Love Bug and Cuddle Bug. <laughs> Love Bug it lives up to his name. He's very loving. Cuddle Bug would sooner claw your head off than cuddle. Yeah, but she, we're working on her. She hisses at everything. So the job of fostering, in case anyone is curious, we, we foster animals for the SPCA. And our job is to socialize the kittens so that they become ready for adoption. And it usually takes about a month, maybe a little longer for Cuddlebug. Yeah, well, every cat's a different scenario, That's really. That's true. But and this it, has been our experience. They usually come with, like, a suite of medication and yeah. <laughs> special needs, but we love them. Yeah, they're pretty nice. And they haven't met our big cat, George, yet. But he caught me red-handed <laughs> looking through the window <laughs> Holding love bug. Feels like we're keeping a secret. Oh from man, I, I felt like I just got caught in a lie or something. I was I yeah. was feeling pretty bad. Like he was disappointed in you. Yeah, well I'm holding <laughs> the cat and he's staring at me looking real sad. Uh, we had a good sash with George though. Okay, so what name something you're grateful for? I think just the space here, my studio. The ability to be able to record musicians been having a lot of people coming by to work on songs lately and all these guests coming in for podcasts but just all this gear i collected over the last 20 years of my life to be able to build a studio that can record podcasts and record my music and record other people it's and sometimes like whatever something's not working i'm all upset and but then I realized, yeah, I've I've wanted to have a studio space for for so long, and I I really have a an amazing spot here. So yeah, that's great. It's been really fun to watch your career evolve as well, taking on a lot of new young artists and passing on your knowledge and experience to them. I think you probably realize how much you have learned. Well, I realize how much I know when I'm talking to someone who's just getting going. Yeah, exactly. But it's it's a great kind of mirror reflection back to yourself at that yeah. time of your life and how far you've come. And yeah, I'm proud of you, honey. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you're doing a great job. And I know they all look up to you and are taking so much away from your, yeah, your 20 years. It's crazy. Crazy to think. Well, we hope everybody enjoyed this episode. We'll be back again next week and every Wednesday for the foreseeable future. So thank you for listening. And again, all of your subscriptions, your reviews, that type of algorithm support helps us so, so much. And yeah, go follow Dee Dee Morris on Instagram. Dee Dee Morris Photography, I believe. We've got her links up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's really awesome stuff and super talented and cool, and cool. again. Yeah. yeah, thanks, cool Didi. Okay, <laughs> cheers, folks.